Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Josh Locke. I am one of the elders here, and we're continuing our series straight from the heart. And we've been examining different beliefs and thoughts that are in our heart and really aligning them to the Word of God. And we've, we've covered a variety of topics, and today we're talking about our confidence in Christ. Could you put the slides up up there, please? The back TV, thank you. So, our confidence in Christ, it really answers the question, you know, what is our place with God? How does God view us? And, and at its fundamental level, it's really the gospel, our confidence in the gospel. And you know, I was thinking about this. My kids, uh, when they were younger, we would build like Lego towers, right? And so they would, you know, as, as a little, little kid, they would just start stacking blocks on top of each other. And then what happens to the tower? Inevitably, it falls over, right? Because they, they just do one little block and keep going up. And, and they hadn't learned to have that strong foundation when you're building. And that's what this is today. Our confidence in Christ is really our, our foundation. And it's our foundation for how we'll live and walk as, as Christians and as believers. So our main text is from Colossians 1, 15 to 23. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, right, this is Jesus, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. And for God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. And this includes you, who were once far off, far away from God. You were his enemies. You were separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result... He has brought you into his presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you've received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached over all the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. So let's pray. Father, your word is living and active. It's true. It's eternal. And as we talk about our confidence in you, would you help us to have and stand on a firm foundation to know the truth and that the things that are lies, the things that are not true would be stripped away. Thank you for your word and thank you for being in this place. We welcome you here, Father. Amen. So here's some context. Paul's writing this letter to the Church of Colossus and um, it's the very beginning of the letter, really the beginning of the, the content itself because the first couple verses are really about just an introduction about praying for people, saying hi to people, that type of thing. And then Paul gets into the body, and the very first thing he does in the body of the letter is he just paints this picture of Christ. And he says things like, you know, Christ is supreme over everything. All creation is held together through Jesus. And then in verse 19 and 20, Paul says, talks about salvation. And he says that it's through Jesus' blood that God has reconciled us to himself. Right? Reconciliation means that there was some type of break in a relationship, that our relationship with God was broken, and that 
God, that has been fixed and we have been brought back together with God. And then in verse 21 to 22, Paul gets a little bit more specific. He, he, the, the tone in the letter almost changes when he, he says, you know, and you were once separated from God. Right? How many of us know that without Jesus we were separated from God, right? That's right, we, we are. And, you know, Paul goes on to say things that we were enemies of God. But then he says that it's through Christ's death that two things happen that we'll outline uh, later on in the message. That we're brought into God's presence and that we've been made holy and blameless. And then at the end, Paul just solidifies the importance of this. Right? He reminds, reminds believers to stay uh, firm in this truth that's there. And so today we're talking about our confidence in Christ and how God sees us. And just so we're on the same page, uh, when I'm, as a follower of Jesus, right, because this, this applies to those who are followers of Jesus, this means that you have committed your life to follow him. That this means that you have repented of your sins and that you continue to do so. And it means that you've made Jesus your Lord and your Savior. Pastor Greg uses this illustration. It's always stuck with me about, you know, God is on. We have this chair that's our throne of our life. And we get off of that chair and let God sit there, right? We let God sit on the throne of our life. Um, you know, for, for all of us here who, who can say yes to that, then we have confidence in Christ. And for those who can't, then Paul's really clear. We're enemies of God, that we're far off from God. And that doesn't have to stay that way. That can change today. That can change right away. And for you online, if that's you, type into the chat and we can talk to you afterwards. If if you're here and you're saying, hey, this, I can't really say yes to that, talk to us afterwards. We would love to talk to you about that. Because believers, we have... Uh, we have confidence in, in what God has done for us or what Christ has done for us. And this is the point that just resonated with me when I read this uh, and I just kept coming back to. And it's that as followers of Christ, God no longer sees us without the lens of Christ. So when God looks at us, he's not seeing us for our good and bad, which we both have, <laughs> we have both. God sees us for what Jesus has done. Right? There's no way we could stand before God holy and blameless without a single fault. I sin. You sin. We all have a sin problem. But because Jesus is standing in front of us, God sees us through that lens, through Jesus. So Paul, Paul says you know, that God brings us into his presence. I thought of uh, Hebrews 4.16 that says that we can boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence. And God, when God looks at us, he sees us as holy and blameless, like Paul tells us, because Jesus is standing in front of us, because there's nothing that we could, we could do to deserve that. You know, as believers, I'm sure many times we've heard this verse, or we've heard this concept. We've heard the gospel before, right? I'm sure many of you could come up here and, and talk about this with me, right? You, you know this message. But Paul sees it important enough to say, hey, listen, this is something we need to remain in. It's something that we need to stand firmly in and not drift away from. Because I think as believers, it can, be, it can be a trap that we fall into. Where over time, we just get callous to this good news. Right? The power of the gospel is, it's not that we don't believe it's true, it's just that it's lost the, the shine that's there. And when that happens, the enemy can come in and try to erode our confidence. He can try to make us feel like God does see us for our sin. 
he can make us feel like that God doesn't see Jesus in front of us. And here's how I know that. John 10.10 says that the enemy comes to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Right? Jesus has come to give abundant life. We know that. But we know the devil's game plan. And so some things that, that come to mind that would try to erode our confidence in Jesus. Questions like, am I really saved? Or maybe you just feel like God is just up in heaven angry at you. That he wants nothing to do with you. Or that when God sees you, he just sees your sin. He just sees your mistakes. Or maybe something I've struggled with, that I feel like if I go to God, I have to have been good enough. Right? I have to have made sure I've been reading my Bible. Have I you know, not done this or have I done that? And these beliefs can sometimes rob the confidence that we have in God. And, you know, I, I think you might see this and say, nah, I, I know that's not true, right? We probably all could say, yeah, we know that's not true, even though we, we, we sometimes hear those things. But I, I think what the enemy does and where the, this callousness can come from is that the enemy tries to take these lies and make them fit into our heart. So here's the example I was thinking about. Um, so I'm wearing a shirt that has donuts on it. You might be wondering why that is. That's because I have three boys, William, Andrew, Michael. They're six, four, and one and a half or so. And we did a donut party for my son, William. Or, yeah, for my son, William, once. Um, I got a donut shirt, obviously. And we, we've done all sorts of, like, parties for the boys. We've done pirates and dogs and trains and construction. You know, in, in this past Jan- uh, January, my son, William, turned six. And he wanted a rock party because he really likes rocks. And so my wife is very creative and finds all these fun things to incorporate rocks to the party. And uh, Holly Vordenberg made us this cake that was like a geode that was broken up. And it was really cool. And so Emily and I find this gift. It's called a rock polisher. Let me get it out. Okay. So we find this rock polisher. And you put rocks in that are kind of like, you know, bumpy that are pointy, that aren't really shiny, that are dull. And you put it in, and uh, you pour the sand in, and then it just spins on this thing like this over time. And we thought, okay, this is going to be awesome. We're going to take rocks. uh, We're going to put, like, rocks like this. We're going to get stones like this in a couple hours. We're going to be pumped, right? It's it's so cool, great gift. And so we open up the instructions, and, you know, Emily's reading it. And it's not just, like, some sand. There's different stages of sand that you use. It's like four or five different levels of sand. So you, you put the rocks in, you pour the sand, and you put water in, and you do this process. The thing sits on the spinner, and he guesses how long? It's like, it's like four to nine days that it spins. And then you do that four or five times. It's like a six-week process to turn a rock into like a polished stone like this. So obviously we're at step like two and a half, um, and his birthday was in January, so we're a little behind on that. So, but... But here's the picture, and here's, here's how this applies to us. You know, Satan, it might be hard for him to just get this lie to just lodge in our heart, right? This, this pointy thing that we know is not true, right? But he, it, it, these rocks that are there, over time, he will slowly, slowly just polish and work down, and over time, over months, and over years... These lies become, not these pointy rocks, but these like smooth stones that just fit into our heart. And maybe they're not as uncomfortable 
Like Satan couldn't take this, this lie and put it into your heart, but maybe over time, over the course of years, he, he's convinced you of it. And it's this tiny polished stone that fits pretty comfortably there. You know, for, for me, I've, I've struggled with that before where, you know, that I've had these polished, these small stones in my heart that, that the enemy has convinced me to hold on to. thought of Steve Hammes when he started this message. He gave the example of um, you know, this, this lie he was believing that he, he wasn't smart enough to do these crossword puzzles. He, he would say, I don't have enough time or, no, it's too hard. And, you know, it, it really wasn't that he didn't think he could do it. It's because he was believing this lie that he, because he didn't go to this four-year school, he, he just wasn't good enough to do it, right? We know that's, that's ridiculous. And that's what Satan does. He takes these lies and over time, they, they get polished and polished and polished and, and smooth where it just kind of fits into your heart. So here's maybe what that would sound like. Now, maybe you don't think God's just up in heaven just angry at you, but maybe when you mess up, you more get the sense God just looking at you like, no, oh, there you go again, right? There they go. Or maybe you've made a mistake, you've sinned, and instead of running to God, you go the other way. Or you just kind of stay where you're at, and you just are like, I just can't, I don't know what to do. Or I hear, this, I hear people say this a lot. I just felt like I was too, too far or I'd been gone too long, or I'd done too much, right? And these, these things, they, they fly in the face of the truth that God sees us with the lens of Jesus. Or some that, that I've struggled with before, right? If, you know, if I go to pray, it's like, okay, have I you know, been reading my Bible enough? Have I been you know, kind to my kids and all these things? Like I, I checklist, right, before I can go to God. Or you sin and you just, you repent, just correct, but then you just keep going back to that, saying, God, please forgive me, please forgive me, and you just don't let that go because you're not accepting that, that forgiveness. Now, let me just be clear. When we're talking about sin, listen, sin is wrong. Sin, sin is not okay. And you know, when we sin, we must repent of that sin. Right? This isn't a license that we can just keep on sinning, but we, we want to walk in confidence. We want to walk in truth for what, what Jesus has done for us. And we want to identify those lies the enemy has and to take those out of our heart. So what about in our own hearts? Right? Do we have stones that are eroding our confidence? Do we have things in our heart that are maybe just sitting there comfortably or pretty comfortably because we've just had them there so long? Are there things in us that, that aren't true that God wants to bring freedom from or freedom to? Right? God only sees us with the lens of Jesus. Right? But are there things that we're believing or things that we're doing that are counter to it? Or maybe you have other stones in your heart. Maybe there are other beliefs in your heart that you're carrying around. You know, I, I believe that God, not, it's not that I believe, I know that God wants to bring freedom. Right? For the lies that we're carrying with us, some, of, some from childhood that we're carrying with us, God wants to bring freedom. John 10.10, 10, we see what the enemy wants to do, but... Jesus came to give us abundant life. Luke 4.16, Jesus is talking, and he says, I have come to set the captives free. John 16.13 calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. Right? And we, when we identify these stones, do they hold up to the word of God? 
If, you, if it was like me and I'm like, I, just, I feel like I have to be good enough to go to God, I know that the Bible says there is nothing I can do to deserve Jesus, to deserve God. That's why it's so important that Jesus is in front of me, that God sees me through that lens. So verse 22, Paul says, This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies. You were separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Right, so we were disconnected from God, and we've been brought together because of Jesus. And then Paul says two things happen. The first thing that happens, he says, as a result, he has brought you into his presence. So my son Michael is um, 18 or so months, and we're, we're teaching him obedience. So he gets out of the car. We unbuckle him from his car seat, and I'm holding him. And I, I say, Michael, I want you to walk to the front door. So I put him down, and then he'll like toddle over and walk down the driveway, and he needs to take a right to go to the the walkway to the front door. And sometimes he does it, you know, cool, we're good. And then sometimes like he'll be walking, and he'll see a rock or an airplane or a bird or a dog or a car or something, and he's just distracted. And I have to go, and I have to pick him up, and I have to carry him, and I have to bring him into the house, right? And Michael has no choice in the matter. I am carrying him into this house. That's the picture that I see here. God says, I have brought you into my presence, right? So sometimes it's hard to feel like I just couldn't go to God. No, 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 no. God has brought you into his presence. He's brought you there, and there's nothing we can do. He says earlier in in this passage that God has made peace with everything on earth and in heaven through Jesus' blood, right? God has made peace with us. So we can have confidence in that truth. The second thing that Paul says is that you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. This is hard for me to to hold on to and, and to believe because I just know I'm sinful. But the word of God is true. And, you know, as as we read this, we understand we can stand before God not because of what we have done, not because we have been good enough. Matthew says that, the book of Matthew, Jesus is talking, he says that God expects perfection from us. None of us can live up to that standard. And that's why we can stand before Jesus, or God because God sees us through the lens of Jesus. Right? This doesn't mean we won't sin. We will sin. But it means because Jesus is in front of us, we have confidence in Christ and what Christ has done. Emily and I were talking about this and. She follows uh, different, different uh, people on Instagram that are like theologians and different things like that. And so she was talking about this point she heard where this, um, this parent doesn't teach her kids, you have to accept Jesus. They say, because when, when you have to accept Jesus, you struggle with, well, did I accept him or did I not? Did I or did I not? The, the truth is, we, we have Jesus because God brings us to him. God brings us to the Father, right? So there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing we can do to have Jesus in our heart. Yes, we have to invite him in there, but God, Jesus is doing the work, and Jesus stands before us in that. So God sees us through the lens of Jesus whenever he looks at us. And Paul, Paul recognizes how important this is. He says, you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you've received. Right, so, you know, as a church... 
we want this body to have a strong foundation, to have confidence in who Jesus is and what he's done for us. You know, Paul says we have to stand firm in that truth. And so, you know, what can we do? How can we, how can we be assured of this confidence? How do we stand firmly in that? Here are a couple things that I, w- I would challenge us to do as, as uh, we, we take time this week. The first is find some time this week. 15 minutes is probably all you need. And read Colossians 1. Read this passage again. And just ask God, God, would you speak truth to me? You know, I grew up going to Christian schools, and there were a lot of great things about that. But one of the things that was really hard was there's almost this expectation that you kind of know what's going on, like know what to do. So I would hear this phrase a lot. Well, you need to seek the Lord. Right? That's, that's part of being a Christian is seeking the Lord. And I don't know what that means. I didn't know what that means. Right? So here, here's a practical thing that I would do. This is what it would look like. I would, I would take 15 minutes where you can have peace and quiet, or maybe you have kids and you just you know, put headphones in, and you, you say, God, would you show me your truth? Would you show me? Would you speak to me? Whatever it is you want to speak. And then I would read this passage. And maybe something stands out to you. Maybe it doesn't. But if you see like a verse that just comes back to mind or makes you pause... I would just read that again. And then maybe I would write that down. And then maybe I would just write down my thoughts afterwards. Maybe put it, put it on a sticky note in your pocket and, and walk around with that. But that's what meditating on the word is. And it's through that that God is going to speak to you. Right? Maybe, maybe he'll start to reveal some of those smooth stones that are, that are in your heart, that are in my heart. You know, ask God to identify what, what those stones are in your heart. I, maybe about, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I had this, this one moment that really sticks out to me where, you know, I, I, for most of my life, I struggled with just beating myself up and feeling like I wasn't good enough, feeling like I had to be good enough. And you probably heard that come out in, in speaking here. And um, I, I just took some time to be alone and pray. And I just said, God, like, why, why am I doing this? And I felt like God just brought back to me a memory when I was very young of something that happened that, that was just a lie that I was believing. Right? And God was identifying those stones in my heart and pulling them out. And then, he just, and then he filled it with his word. So ask God that prayer. We, we just saw that Jesus came to set captives free. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the truth. So that's, that is God's heart for all of us here, to do that. So make that your prayer. God, what are those smooth stones that are in my heart? Right? He'll know what you're talking about when you say that. Don't, don't worry. Just say that as your prayer and, and then listen. And we fill those spaces with the word. Right? We, if, if we're taking something out, we want to put something in, and the word of God is going to be what, what will really help us with that. So one of the things I want us to do as we close is just practice this out, just, just briefly here. So, you know, I, I believe that saying the Bible, saying God's promises and God's word back to him are the most powerful things that you can say, the most powerful things that you can pray, right? The Bible says that the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord will stand forever, right? Hebrews 4.12, the word of the Lord is living and active, right? So that, if, if we can make this our prayer, 
it's a powerful thing to speak to the Father. So what I would like us to do, and uh, the first service, I, I'm not really good at proofreading, so I kind of messed this up a little bit. So if anyone was here for the first time, maybe you noticed it, maybe you didn't. But thankfully, kind people came up and told me afterwards. They're like, hey, you missed this. Um, all right, we're going to read this together as our prayer to God. And this is, you can do this with most scripture. You can do this with most scripture. So I'd like you all to read with me online. I'm expecting you to read as well. So, you know, go ahead. Let's do it. Ready? God, your word says, because of Jesus, you have brought me into your presence. And I am holy and blameless as I stand before you without a single fault. And then I would follow that up with, I don't feel that way. (laughs) Help me to see that. Help me to believe that. Right, God, I, I know this is what your word says. Would you show me that's true? Would you help me to walk in that truth? Right? And that's how we pray scripture together. So this week, I, I want us all to walk out in confidence in Christ. Because when God sees us, he's not seeing you. He's seeing Christ first. He sees you through the lens of Jesus. And I think that is a powerful, powerful thing. God has brought you into his presence And you stand before him holy and blameless without a single fault. And it's because of Jesus. And that's why we can have confidence in Christ. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would walk with us this week. Help us to walk in your truth. Help us to experience your truth. Thank you that your word says that we were a new creation. Your word says that because of you, we stand before you without spot or blemish. God, we want to obey, follow, and live in you. Would you guide us this week, we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. Thank you for all being here. Thank you for joining us online.